Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special sort of symphonies. For this week and for a couple weeks, we're going to be doing the work of the Aldemura Historical Society, telling the story of Queen Bankotha, set in the upcoming game, Monster Care Squad, from Sandy Pug Games. So this is an unusual game for us. We're used to heroic chord. We've got a helpful rules primer. The Kickstarter completed, so there's going to be a gorgeous hard copy in my personal possession very soon. But let's not worry about that right now. With me today, Kirsten is here. I am. It is morning. I mean, you don't know that in podcast land. Usually we record late afternoon, but right now it's morning. And I'm awake and here. Hello. Yeah. Also awake and also here, Kathleen. It's a brand new day for a brand new game. Does it count as a brand new game still? Yeah, I mean, the book's not out yet. And here, Nick. <laughs> Hi, I'm also here. You awake? I have coffee. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I'll do my best, everybody. That's the spirit. I have been tremendously excited about Monster Care Squad even before the Kickstarter launched, so it is an absolute... Absolute delight for me to be able to play this game for you all. Mm-hmm. It is a game about, um, if you've ever played Monster Hunter, you know how the monsters are really huge? Like, the, they're really huge? They're real big. Imagine that, but the monsters are your friends. Like, they're real big, but they're your friends, and they're good, and they help. Until they get sick, and then they're not as helpful, and you have to help them get better. So, instead of Monster Hunter... Imagine Monster Helper. And that's kind of where we're at. Action Veterinarian. (laughs) Action Veterinarian is a very good summary of what Monster Care Squad is about. It's about a world, Aldemura, in which people live in harmony with giant, magical, fantastical creatures. Well, they're not all giant. Some of them are pretty small, but many of them are giant. The ones I'm, I'm obsessed with are giant. And when they become sick... It upsets that balance, and there is a plague going around called the False Gold, which, among other things, causes monsters to enter into dangerous rampages that have to be cured. So a rampaging monster that needs your help. And that's where we're at. We're going to start by building characters. And I know normally that's something we do off camera, but this time we thought it would be best to show you all what character creation is like. After all, just like Sword of Symphonies is a showcase of heroic chord, what we're doing for the Aldemura Historical Society is, in essence, showcasing Monster Care Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to take it from the very beginning of doing a game through a whole campaign. Or at least an adventure. I don't know if we can fit a campaign into uh, just a couple <laughs> of weeks, but yeah. I don't know, maybe. I guess I'm very flexible <laughs> with what campaign means to me. Even a one-shot can be kind of a campaign depending on market. This is true. Kirsten's very generous in her use of the word campaign pretty. It's like how I'm very generous in what dinner is. That's an absolute fact. (laughs) This is the sort of thing that makes Kirsten such a good action veterinarian. This is true. (laughs) Ready to roll with the punches. Alrighty. So you are going to be creating monster care specialists, which is, like Nick said, action veterinarians. You are heroic vets whose job is to help these monsters, even when the monsters are giant and rampaging. 
So if you will scroll down to whatever page I'm looking at, there is a character sheet. I believe it's 33. Yeah, the official version may or may not look like this. Yeah. And also, we're going off a Google Doc. Uh-huh. Do not take the page numbers I'm uh, reciting with. Just don't take them. Leave them aside. Let them pass through your ears. <laughs> don't take them as gospel. That's what I'm trying to say. Those are the words I'm looking for. Leave these page numbers in the ether on the roadside. Be as ships passing in the night with these page numbers. Let these page numbers go. Let them go. Audience, a really nice thing about the doc is you can get a printable version and they also have a Google Drive fillable one. So if you're like me and you don't have access to a printer at the moment, boom, it's right there. You can fill it out all on your computer. Nice. I just realized this is done by a designer that I respect a great deal who I'm almost certainly going to get to do her accord when we're ready to do a manual. Oh my goodness, nice. I just realized there is a drawing of Kim and the detective in the Monster Care Squad. Yeah, there is. Like, just straight up at the end there, it's like, oh, here's some pretty monsters. It's like, oh my god, it's Kim and the detective. I'm not saying his name because it is kind of a spoiler. It's kind of a spoiler. I'm very happy to see that. So, first thing we're going to do is, I'm going to talk to you all a little bit about the assumptions. Now, we're going to be playing within Aldemura as it's imagined by the game's creators, because that's the brief. <laughs> but um, I'm going to let you know that this is going to be a maritime story. It's the kind I like to tell. My imagination for this is uh, like Moby Dick, but you're helping the whale. With that in mind, we're going to start with trainings and background. And this is basically how you do your stats in this game. So the bottom right-hand side of this gorgeous character sheet... Francie does so good, so good at what she does. You see force, fine, grit, acuity, and allure. These are your stats. Oh, now I see why you like this. These are very cat stats. They're little cat stats, aren't they? I like it because it's hugging Monhun. It's Monhun, but with hugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my primary. But I mean, like, if we want to do, we're sort of session zeroing, so we can do some little mini cat's cradle stuff. Yeah. I feel like Force Fine, Grit, Acuity, and Allure are a little bit like Strength, Dex, Constitution, Intwiz, Charisma, but they don't represent things about you. They represent your training. So that's a little bit of a different flavor to it. Yeah, I agree entirely. I think it's a much better, uh, it's a much better slant on a stat line that is familiar, but in its normal iteration kind of fucked up <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like there's an episode of cat's cradle it's called cat's stats where we talk about stat lines and the philosophies behind them so i'm not gonna at length go on about this but i i, I like the stat line <laughs> so force represents physical strength and grand action fine represents motor control delicate actions grit represents your stamina and your fighting spirit Acuity represents your thinking and observation skills, and Allure represents your leadership and charm. First thing you're going to do is you're going to pick four trainings and one background. This is to say there are four things your character is trained in, and each one of them is going to be assigned to a stat. For example, my character, Harne Haran, who, by the way, is going to be the captain of the Grey Monarch, the ship that you're doing this adventure on, has the grit training expert sailor. 
the acuity training of oceanic botany. And then I just took from the list of examples for uh, force and fine, I took grappling and suturing. Those seemed good. So now I have to decide what harne means so that I can figure out what you're doing with whales. <laughs> it means gray whale. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> so it's the gray monarch and gray whale. <laughs> you, you caught me. Harne is another of my favorite old English words. It's a good word. <laughs> Oops. I got <laughs> caught. I'm shaking my head, which totally plays well over sound. <laughs> I backed the Kickstarter at a high enough rate that Harney is going to be in the manual. So <laughs> if any of you were doubting how excited I am about playing this game. <laughs> okay, so they've got some examples here. For example, their examples for force are bone setting, weight training, grappling, and massage specialist. Hmm. So you're going to want to pick four things that your character is trained in and one thing that's just kind of part of your character's background. I gave Harney rustic charm, question mark, for allure. So I, it looks like we just, like, come up with something that your character does, not, like, there is no list, which is kind of nice. I like that. Yeah. There's a list of examples, but I gave Harney the acuity skill of oceanic botany, which is not on the list. Knows a lot about seaweed. Harney oh, is what's cool. called a mentor character. It's a GMPC. She's not going to be... Uh, always on the adventure with you, but she's going to be by your side because she's the captain of the Grey Monarch. Okay, I think I've chosen mine. Okay. Except grit is a little bit tricky. Yeah, if you've done all four of your trainings, you can have one of them, Kirsten, just be something about your character. Like, okay. um, one of the grit ones is musician. Kirsten is the kind of person who would learn an instrument through pure grit. <laughs> just yeah. like, just going to hit this drum till I get it. Okay, do we want to share what we chose or... I would like that, I think, as your GM. I would love that. So for force, I have wrestling. Okay. For fine, I have, like, cooking knife skills. Mm-hmm. For grit, I have improv. Mm-hmm. For acuity, I have maps, navigation. Okay. And allure, rhetoric, persuasion. Okay. I like that. And for your character, what's uh, what's your character's pronouns? Um, Harney is she, her. Okay, thank you. Pretty sure it's been a while since I sent that email. <laughs> Listener, if you have the manual, if you're from the future, can you check to see what I put? <laughs> and get back to me, please? <laughs> we would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, listener. Love you. So, uh, Kirsten, since you're ready, next thing you're going to do is you are going to distribute two plus ones, two plus zeros, and one minus one into the five stats you just assigned. Okay. So, she's really good at maps and rhetoric. She's decent at cooking and wrestling and terrible at improv. Just terrible. Actually, according to the thing, minus one means a capable amateur. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Minus one is a capable amateur, plus zero is a recent graduate, and plus one is a highly trained professional. Okay. She, she tries She tries her best, and she's, she's learning. Yeah. She's learning about improv. She's better than somebody who's never studied improv. Yeah. I think I'm ready to go. Please, share with us. Okay. Well, I don't have a name yet. However, I have a four stat of zero. 
this mm-hmm. specialist does weight training in their off time or okay. possibly to prepare themselves for this job. Their fine skill, which is also at zero, they uh, do parasailing and paragliding Fun. as a method of getting close to patients. Love it. They have minus one grit, plus one acuity because their training is in monster sociology, and plus Ooh. one alert because uh, with, along with their monster sociology, they studied talk therapy. Wow. Oh, I like that very much. And um, the other thing about their background is that they're not that kind of doctor. They studied math for a while before moving into <laughs> therapy. Nice. That's awesome. I like that a great deal. And my character doesn't have a name either. Um, you said your character doesn't have a name yet? Not yet, no. Um, but I noticed you used uh, they, them pronouns? That's because I don't know who the character is yet. Okay. The character may have they, them pronouns, but I don't know yet. Okay. <clears throat> so so what I have written down on the sheet is Dr. Medicine MDMA, which I wrote down <laughs> on this piece of paper about a week ago as a joke for Kat. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot about Dr. Medicine MDMA, even though we joked about Dr. Medicine MDA literally last night. It's so perfect because it's all like, it's very Carl Rogers <laughs> talk therapy into like the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Medicine MDMA. Sounds like someone you would meet at a music festival. <laughs> that it would. And someone you absolutely should not trust if you meet at a music festival, by the way. <laughs> oh, I just realized looking at the rules document, somebody is logged in as anonymous blobfish and there's a little graphic of a blobfish. That's pretty great. That's very good. It's very good. So that I can move it back to the other discussion of the stats, or maybe right now, depending on how I feel like editing it. One thing that's also interesting about the stat line is that it is a uh, set out stat layout, which we didn't talk much about in the episode before, that you are mm. always plus one, plus one, zero, zero, minus one. Yeah. You know what we didn't talk a lot about in that episode is... Um... Like values for the stats, like numbers. Values, thank you. That's exactly what I was searching for. Yeah, we didn't talk about values and how values are assigned to stats. We mostly talked about uh, the stats themselves and what they mean. And I guess if we return to the concept of stats, and I would love to do that at some point, we can talk more about values. Yeah. I also really like that this comes with a range of values, the lowest of which is capable amateur, which really kind of sets the tone here. Absolutely. Yeah. Like similar to her accord where explicitly all of the player characters are capable. Yeah. And I really like that in games. I really like just being able to say, look, your character is not, I mean, your character might be a ding dong. Your character might be a goober, but they're a capable goober. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be playing somebody who's heroic, you know? Yeah. I just want to say... So there's a letter in Old English that looks like a P, but it has like. That is an unvoiced TH, so a THA. Okay. If you see one that looks like a crossed D, that's a THE. Okay, so repeat the first one. It's like an unvoiced. An unvoiced TH, so THA. So I think I found my name, Benorton Sestoria. Nice. 
See how easy it is to make fantasy names <laughs> when you just use an old English translator? I like it. And it means north of Guiding Star. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah, because apparently they actually have a word for like the Guiding Star for sailors. And I'm like, ooh, I did not know that. Cool, old English. Yeah, old English rules. Here's an Easter egg for our regular sort of symphonies listeners. It's also where the continent of Milta was named. It's the verb to melt in the first person future tense. So I will melt. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been called that for a long time. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, Nick, share with us your monster care specialist, please. All right. My monster care specialist is Bazu or Baz. Mm-hmm. I have picked force climbing, mm-hmm. finesse surgery, grit diving, uh, acuity, apothecary, and alluring. There's a better word for this, but I've just put cheering. Okay. I know that there is an actual better word for that. No, that's fine. Leadership or something like that. But basically, um, high energy, getting people's spirits up. Oh, and I guess I should also do the what their values are, correct? Yeah, please do. Next thing we're going to do is signature equipment. You have a piece of signature equipment, a special piece of kit that only you have that is unique in some way. The examples that they give here are the only grappling gun in the world or long-range medical injection spear made with the guiding feathers of the Roa bird. So get as fantasy as you want with this. Ooh. Harnays is the Grey Monarch itself. It's her piece of signature equipment is the ship that you're taking. The old, the it's quadrant, right? Those navigation. It can be. Quadrant is a concept. I think Benorton is going to have a quadrant and map paper. Oh, you're thinking of sextant. Sextant, that's the one. Yeah, now I know what you're referring to. Yes, sextant. Sextant and maps. Yeah, you can you can get as fantasy as you want with this. Ooh. So I could even have like almost like redrawable maps. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So I've got my name now. We'll do that later. And I've got my item. My item is Gethun, the speaking horn. Ooh. Mm. I'm assuming you use this to shout therapy at monsters? Yes, absolutely. Love it. Oh, that's amazing. Love it. Beautiful. Hello, monsters. How does that make you feel? Gethun, by the way, is the nominative case for a loud noise. Love that very much. And I also have my signature equipment. This uh, was a lot easier to think of. Names are hard, okay? They are. They're hard. Baz has the sling line rig, which is a series of lines, winches, rigging, pitons, that sort of thing that allows them to move around and do lots of climbing and fancy acrobatics and stuff, despite the fact that they are missing, uh, I should say he is missing his left arm. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. So the next thing we're going to do is specialties. So if you scroll down a little bit past signature equipment, it's a place to write your specialties. You get to choose two things that your character can do that no one else can. The examples include like Kai can create a magical lantern and make incredible pies. Salazar can jump higher than anyone else and identify any plant by smell. So again, get real fantasy with it. Try to keep it a little bit grounded. Don't God mode on us, but 
My specialty is all specialties. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So I've written that Harney has an inescapable grip and doesn't get cold. So I've got, I'm going to call it true north, uh, uh, impeccable sense of direction. Mm -hmm. So like, I always know, no matter what I'm doing or where I am, I always know my sense of direction. Great. And your second one? Ooh, okay. my second one. This one's a little bit not necessarily connected, but my cooking skill, I can turn anything into a nutritious meal within reason, but like... Even if it's food that's like, ooh, real gone, yeah. I can find a way to turn it into actually a nutritious meal. All right. You can cook with any ingredient. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So, Batella Sol can weather a great fall and can talk or sing literally all day without fatigue. Ooh. <laughs> Love that. And uh, Abazu can drink anyone under the table and hold his breath for 10 minutes. Ooh. Oh, nice. Again, another, a little aside, but I've noticed here with the two specialties, I really like how we all seem to kind of go with one that's like a little bit more like, hey, this would be really practical in our setting. And one that's kind of like, this is one we think that would be yeah. fun for our character to have, or like a little bit more out there. And I, I like that. That's really neat. Great. Loving this. Okay. So now we've got to pick moves. If you scroll down past the specialties, there's going to be a much larger list of possible moves when the game is released, but they've got a small list for us to play with. So basically, pick two of these moves. There's also going to be a large pool of moves that you will be able to use depending on what part of the story we're in. So these aren't the only things you can do, but... These are special things you can do. If you all pick the same two, I'll yell at you. <laughs> I think I've got two that I think fit very well. I have Packrat and Ryder. Okay. Uh, so uh, you have a mount. So can I ask, what kind of creature does Bazu ride? We're going to be on the, on the water a lot, right? Yeah. A giant fluffy albatross. I'm here for that. That's nice. Okay. So you have got a giant albatross. So it's a fluffy albatross. Unlike most, which are quite sleek, it's got like shaggy, fluffy, downy feathers, right? Uh, Yeah. I would imagine it's not exactly an albatross. It is a big bird that looks kind of like an albatross. Okay. So what are we going to name Big Bird? Um, um, bird is named Sal. Okay. So we have, we have Bazu and we have Bazu's bestie, Sal, who is a giant aquatic bird who loves Bazu. It's bound to you. It's loyal. It's understood that you always have enough food and supplies to keep it happy and healthy. Should you be separated, it'll be waiting for you in the last place it was safe. I love Sal a lot. I'm imagining Sal is kind of like a cross between an albatross and those, those really fancy pigeons that are all like have the big fluffy oh, neck. Oh, I love that. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love that a great deal. That's very good. I do love that. Yes. So, Batella, I think, has, what do you have in your mouth? And <laughs> crikey. I love what do you have in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just because, like, that's not at all what the move is about, but any pet owner knows that that is exactly what the move is about. Yep, 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 yep. 
I think Benorton has Packrat and Presto. Okay. Because magic. I can't help it. I like playing pranksters. <laughs> this is absolutely true. You do. Um, both start the session with five prep points. So keep that in mind. Um, on a six or below, this is a feisty one. Yes. <laughs> I love Crikey. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there aren't in the preview version a whole lot of what if we talked to the monsters skills, like in this particular list. But yeah. I don't know whether that's the final version or we're just saying what if we talked to the monsters as a different type of roles later on, probably. I mean, push comes to shove, make me a pitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm the final arbiter. Yeah. My apologies to Sandy Pug Games, but I'm the, I'm the final arbiter for this particular story. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how the game works. When you're trying to do a thing, you use a move. You typically roll two six-sided dice and add whatever the attached stat is. And then the move itself is going to determine exactly what that means. For example, when it's time for what do you have in your mouth, you roll two six-sided dice and you add your force. On a 10 plus, you change the control track. On a 7 to 9, you advance everybody on the track. We'll get more into the control attack when it's time for the symbiosis phase. Don't worry about that for now. So basically every phase, there are three phases. First phase is diagnosis, which is research, investigation, finding out exactly what's going on. Next phase is synthesis, putting together your cures, making your medicine, harvesting your herbs, synthesis. Then is the symbiosis phase, which is where you confront the monster, hopefully cure the monster. And each phase has got its own particular moves. For example, there's a move in diagnosis called make a deal. When you promise to help solve a problem for someone in exchange for information about the monster, hold one. When you succeed, spend hold on the following options. Mark a clock success segment is successful, gain a session ace, or gain some supply. And supply is just how much stuff you've got. Right now you've got one stuff. So basically what you're going to be doing is you're going to be looking at the move list, yours and the game's, and you're going to be deciding what most describes what it is you want to do. And we're going to describe what happens because this is a role-playing game and that's how you play those. Each section of gameplay has got a clock with a certain number of segments. I know how many segments. I'm not sure if you do. I don't think I'm going to tell you. <laughs> When you mark them all as successful, it's time to do the end of phase move and then move on to the next phase. And that is how you play Monster Care Squad. You're going to need to have a full dice set handy. Normally you're rolling D6s. However, in the symbiosis phase, you're going to be rolling different dice depending on where you are on the control track, which is to say, depending on who has the upper hand right now. We'll worry about that when we come to it. Next thing I want to talk to you about is aces. Every so often, I'm going to be giving you aces. You also already have aces in the form of your training and background that you chose back when we were assigning your stats. Basically, if you want to leverage something that you have, you spend an ace and you add an additional d4 to the roll. It's kind of like marking off key. So if Harney were to, uh, she was doing a grip move to do a really tricky feat of sailing, 
she can mark off expert sailor in exchange for 1d4 and she can't use it again until basically the next quest those are character aces there's also session aces which i will give you in exchange for moves done well and those are shared by the party so they're kind of like the advantage pool on heroic court be like hey we have three aces does anyone mind if i spend one and they add an additional d4 to your roll there's also critical aces we'll talk about those if you get any very nice so everyone, that is our session zero. We've got our characters together. We've got kind of a base runover of the rules of the game. And I think starting next time, we're going to be ready to play. Thank you very much for being with us here for session zero. You can find us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs or on our website, PeachGardenGames.com. You can find more about Monster Care Squad on Twitter at SandyPugGames. And you can find their website at sandypuggames.com. I would recommend checking it out. Monster Care Squad rules. Super fun. I'm enjoying it and we haven't started the session yet even. We've just been building characters. I'm excited to see what we end up doing. Yeah, this seems really fun. I am looking forward to it. And uh, I guess I'll see all of you listeners on session one. Okay, catch you next time. Bye. Later. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.